Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Another episode of the Behind the Line podcast, where we talk about all things related to the Super Retriever series. Hey everyone, I'm your host, David Hamilton, and today we have two great guests that go way back. I'll explain the connection these two gentlemen have to each other in a moment. But first, let's take a moment to thank our sponsor, Yukonuba. You want to get the most of your dog and your training sessions? You need nutrition that holds nothing back. Yukonuba's premium performance lineup is built with the nutrients that dogs need to help unleash their maximum potential. That starts with providing energy that matches their efforts, supporting optimal nutrient delivery, and supporting post-exercise recovery. To find out more, check out the Yukonuba premium performance lineup and find out which fuel is best for your dog at Yukonuba Sporting Dog. As I mentioned a moment ago, my guest today, they've known each other pretty much all of the younger one's life. You see their father and son combo here, Rody and Dakota Best. And Rody, you've been in this sport for decades, and, and Dakota, you're a newcomer here in the Super Retriever Series, so I guess I should say welcome back, Rody, and, and welcome, Dakota. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Let's start with uh, Dad here. So uh, you, uh, as I understand, recently had a dog get a title uh after about six years and so uh let's just let's just talk about that and that recent accomplishment and you know what all it takes uh for dogs to earn a title uh well you know we we just had a a couple of events last week back-to-back srs's and somehow pulled it off without uh getting at each other's throats but uh no we had a we had a really good time the um we had a really good time in the first one um and and pulled off you know um, six, all, all six spots in the finals, uh, me and my trainer, Michael Cotton. And then, um, come the second event, um, I got a, a fourth place and Dakota took a dog that I had been trying to run in the SRS for six years and, uh, took him all the way to the top and, and won the dadgum thing. So it was, uh, it was, it was mixed feelings for me because I had been trying with this dog for a long time and, and continued to tell the owner that, the dog had what it needed and, and, and was super talented, just needed the right chain of events to fall in place. And um, it did. And Dakota did a great job handling. And, and I, I 
couldn't be happier for both of them. Dakota, talk to us about that weekend for you. It had to be pretty special, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, throughout the four, the four series, it was kind of one of those things where I just was like, all right, just keep hanging on until the next series. Um, I had a pretty good first series um, scored. I think I was in seventh place after the first series. So, you know, that's always bright side if you score good in the first series, at least good enough to to make everyone nervous or, or, or to keep playing. Um, and then field trial set up in the second series. Um, <laughs> I don't really know how to explain the second series. He did. He got an eight. We, we had a field trial series, and he pretty much stepped on all four birds that a lot of dogs had had trouble on. So I was super happy about that, and that obviously pushed us into the semis. Um, I held my place in the semis enough to move into the finals, and, um, you know, they don't give you the scores after the finals, and so, you know, you're, you're kind of guessing, okay, how would I do versus how they do, how the judge is scoring it. Um, and I, I honestly wasn't expecting to win it. Um, I – was super happy with once they called off sixth, fifth and fourth place. And I was in the top three. I was like, heck yeah, I get to go into the crown. Um, and then they called out my name as a winner. And I was, I was completely in shock. I couldn't, couldn't fathom it. What's it like to qualify for your first crown ever? Well, so I actually qualified for the crown with the SRSU a couple years ago, but to qualify as a, a pro um, is a little scary to be <laughs> honest. Um, some of the dogs and, and um, handlers that we're going to be competing against is no joke. And so, you know, it makes it a little more intimidating um, than going in there with no one expecting you know, as an SRSU guy, you know, no one's expecting you to do great. You know, you go run, have fun, enjoy it. Um, running as a pro, there's a little bit of a standard. And so <laughs> you said that, that you set on yourself also. And so uh, I'm a little nervous, but excited also. We're going to talk about the SRSU here in a couple minutes. Rody, I want to circle back to something you said a couple minutes ago. With this particular dog, you've been talking to the owner like, you know, everything's got to line up perfect for the dog, but but they're going to get it done. Do you think also that the swap and handler may have assisted on that weekend? I mean, does, do dogs respond better to one to one person than they might compare to another person? I mean, it's entirely possible, sure. I'm not going to say that, you know, the dog might run better for him. It, it might be true. Um, I, I think when, when I run events, certain events, some of my dogs do better. And then on the next weekend, my other dogs might do better. And that was very evident in these two back-to-back SRSs because I had different dogs do good in each one. And some of them made the semis and some of them didn't. And so, I mean, con- consistency and quality of the dog goes a long ways. But sometimes if you run the right event that just hits your dog on all their strengths, you're going to do well. And and Dakota did a, a fabulous job. You know, I was coaching them in between each series and I said, Hey, one bird at a time and just take your time. The biggest thing is just take your time. It's easy to get in a hurry up there and get nervous. But if you do that, the dog's going to know it and the dog's going to sense that things aren't right. And so if you're calm, cool and collected up there and you're in control and you're holding that steering wheel, the dog says, okay, I'll go wherever you steer me. Just let me know where to go, how far to go. And that's exactly what happened. Dakota, you were talking about this is going to be a little bit different than your previous run in the in the crown because you, you're going from being an SRSU qualifier to a pro. Are you going to lean in a little bit harder to, uh, into dad's advice that week, uh, knowing he's been there a few more times than you? Yeah, you could, you could ask him how many questions I was asking him between the series this past weekend, you know, at the SRS crown. That, that he's probably going to get annoyed with me on how many questions I'm going to be asking him and whatnot. 
Now you competed in the SRSU. Tell us about that competition. I know it's something that, you know, has been around for a few years now and they're still trying to grow that because as the next generation of people, you know, become interested in this sport or or maybe want to expand their capabilities and their talents. Uh, Just tell us from, from your perspective, what experience was like. Um, I mean, it was awesome. Uh, It, it, it imitated a full SRS competition um, just with people that are your age and that are all going through the same thing. Um, you know, it's it previously was you owned the dog. Um, and so, you know, the, it, it, it just was, it imitated the, the SRS the best it could be. And, and I couldn't have been happier. Um, you know, you, you grow up with those guys. Um, those guys are still running SRS. You still get to see them and talk with them. And so you built a lot of relationships throughout the SRSU that you keep throughout uh, running dogs, whether it be amateur or pro. And Rody, you've been one of the one of the uh, experienced handlers that has helped some of the younger uh, competitors. So from from your perspective, from the from the pro perspective of of helping these young college kids, uh, you know, t- tell us from your perspective what that event's been like. Yeah, without a doubt, I, I think the SRSU properly prepared him for the big stage. You know, he 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 did well at that U event. And then we went to the crown and he got to dance with the big guys um, and didn't do too bad. I think he came away with what ninth, ninth place with a dog named JJ, which ironically um, JJ was the dog that I won the the event right before this one. And she got her uh, SRS champion title and she's been doing this for six, seven years. So there was a lot of neat stuff happening at the same time and a lot of things to take away from it and still trying to absorb it all. But yeah, the, without a doubt, the SRSU prepared him properly and allowed us to develop a coach and student relationship, which helped him when it came to this event because we'd already been down this road. He knew the advice I was going to give him. He just needed to, to hear it again and follow it, and, and it was perfect. Great stuff. Real quick, we're going to take a, an opportunity here to, to promote the SRSU, so Super Retriever Series University event. This year will be taking place in Georgia, May 26th to the 28th. Younger competitors, this is your chance to learn so much about the retriever sport at the SRSU. And experienced handlers, if you know a young student that was interested in the game, who's currently in college, grab that student and coach him to a win. All the rules can be found on the rules part of the SRS website. That's www.superretrieverseries.com. While you're there, you can also keep up with all the dogs qualified for this year's crown. See the latest in the Yukonuba Team of the Year point standings and all the new SRS titles. We are talking to Rody Best and Dakota Best. And Dakota, as I understand it, you are finishing up college and they're going to follow in dad's footsteps and be a trainer at Best Retrievers. Uh, was that always the plan or is this something that just recently you decided, hey, maybe I want to go have the same career as my dad? Um, I had always grow, grew up. He had me out there throwing birds at eight years old. Um, Don't no, listen. I- <laughs> no, I didn't. I um, no, I grew up out out here doing training, um, at, at least being involved in the dogs one way or another. Um, and so I had always enjoyed it, um, but didn't know quite where my path was going. And then I graduated college um, and actually moved up to Fort Worth. And then the opportunity kind of popped up to come down here. And and honestly, my experience through the SRSU um, and, and running my personal dog, it really got me hooked. And so once the opportunity popped up, I you know, talked to my wife and we jumped on it, moved down here and starting to learn the ropes of the business. Rody, how's that feel for you to know that Dakota is uh, taking over the family business eventually? I know you're not going anywhere anytime soon, but uh, he'll be working for you and you get to see him and the wife a little bit more as well. 
Well, you know, my wife and I always really didn't put any pressure on them to, to be in the business. They could be as much or as little as they wanted to. Um, Dakota, I think, took to it a little more than the other two boys that we have. They're younger. Um, he, he enjoyed it. He enjoyed the dogs. He's always enjoyed dogs and, and, and enjoyed the, the work. He's not afraid of hard work. Um, it was neat to, to, to say to him, you know, here, spread your wings, fly, do whatever you want to do. If you ever want to come back here, it's open. If you don't, that's fine too. We're not going to hold it against you. So it was neat to see him go out on his own for a few years and experience kind of a different life. And then, um, like you said, the opportunity opened up for him to come back here. And, and I think he was realizing that this is where his heart and soul was. So it's been really, really nice to have him and his wife and my first grandbaby here and around us. And I really, you know, glad that this has happened the way it did. Let's be honest, though. Y'all got to butt heads a little bit, right? Like my dad and I are very similar. So we butt heads from time to time. We're pretty good about it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I couldn't ask for a more uh, receptive person. I mean, he comes to me all the time with questions and and he's my, you know, really listens to my advice and he doesn't have to take it. It, You know, if he has a different opinion or whatever, I'm, I'm open with that. I'm fine with that. I think there's more than one way to to skin a cat, so to speak. So, you know, sometimes I know he might might not be making the best choice as far as how he's handling the situation, but he's got to learn on his own. And and I was the same way. I, I know growing up, my dad could tell me something, but unless I did it and experienced the, the mistake or the loss or the failure, um, I really didn't learn from it. I just repeat it until, until I eventually, you know, he'd tell me the advice, but I, I wouldn't heed it. I'd have to figure it out on my own. Dakota thoughts on the same question. Um, I think we work hand in hand pretty well. Um, I feel like, you know, with him traveling a little bit more right now with the phase that he's in and the phase that I'm in, you know, he's able to kind of hand things over to me while he's gone and enjoy being gone um, while I can kind of handle things back here. Obviously, I've still got questions, but, um, you know, training wise, I'm just trying to absorb as much as I can. There's in, in the retriever training world, you can't really learn too much. So trying to absorb as much as I can from him. Um, to one day be able to be as successful as he has been. What's the best piece of advice he's given you so far? Mm. <laughs> Put me on the spot. I did. You're sitting two feet from your dad. You got to be careful on this answer. <laughs> um, are you talking about training wise or overall? No, both training and in life. I think during the SRS, the biggest thing that he told me was slow down. Um, you know, you get up there on the line and you're extremely nervous and you're trying to think about so many things and when to handle and when to send the dog and where they're looking and all that kind of stuff. And so really taking my time, um, kind of relaxed me a lot. Um, and I think the dog could also sense that. And so I think that was the biggest thing he took or or that I took from him, um, while running. What's the summer hold for both of you? I mean, I know we're we're just now here kind of, you know, mid April, there's a lot of events between now and and the crown. Uh, I mean, are we going to see y'all at more events? Or are you going to be back kind of there in the home place in Texas training dogs or a little combo of the both? Where, where are we going to be seeing a little bit more of roadie best and Dakota best? Well, that, that's funny you say that because it kind of brings up how we got to where Dakota was running Kaizen. Honestly, um, you know, I've been I've run a couple events up until we ran this this last two events. I had not even made the finals in the first one. Uh, come back, you know, little beat myself up a little bit about it and, and worked a little harder. And 
I go to the next one and I, I pull out a second with the youngest dog on my truck. So now the, the ball is starting to roll. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling like I'm in the zone. And we, and we go to run this event and there's eight uh, handler spots per or eight dogs per handler limit. And um, I had my eight dogs and I had a few extras and my trainers, Dakota, Michael and Kerrigan, they all were going to run their personal dogs. Dakota was going to run his dog, man. Uh, Michael was going to run Glock and Kerrigan was going to run Remy. And I was just sitting there thinking about it. And I told my wife one night, I said, what if we gave them an extra dog a piece? You know, one of my SRS dogs, it gives them another bullet, you know, to, to use and learn. And, and the more experience they can get up there at the line, the better off. So um, that's what we did. And, and Dakota ran man and Kaizen in the first one. And then he ran only Kaizen in the second one, which he won. I mean, he took one dog all the way to the finals and won with it. That's pretty impressive. And then uh, Michael took the two we gave him or, or the one we gave him plus his personal dog. And he went all the way to the finals and got um, oh, what did he get? fourth and sixth. Fourth and sixth. Yep. And then uh, Kerrigan, she was running her personal dog, Remy, and she got 13th in the first one, just barely missed the, the semifinals. And I think she got 14th or 15th with Remy in the second one. And so just stellar production and, and success we were very happy with. Um, you know, I'm not going to sit back, though, and, and enjoy this too much because we've got a lot more events coming up. Um, we've currently – I've got five qualified for the crown. Dakota has one. I know Michael wants to get one qualified. Kerrigan wants to get one qualified. So we're we're back at it hard trying to get ready for the next one. We've got uh, probably four or five SRSs uh, in May and June, uh, one at the end of April, a couple in May, and then uh, a couple in June. And then uh, that's it for us as far as SRSs go. Um, I've been hitting it hard with Master, trying to get all my dogs qualified for Master National, so I've been trying to balance both the master dogs and the SRS dogs. Um, that's been a chore. So I'm actually kind of looking forward to some slowdown, to be honest with you. In, in July and August will be our slowdown period. And how does I mean, I imagine that's a, a common thing for a lot of pro handlers. So how do you, how do you balance that where you're trying to, you know, focus on both SRS and masters at the same time? Wow. Good question. I mean, the, the, the SRS uses master tests in their series, so it doesn't hurt them to train for master tests. Um, where we struggled down here in Texas, obviously, is being able to, to do the white coat game where the dogs are picking up, you know, field trial marks at three or 400 yards. As it warms up in Texas, we become very limited in what we can do. So we usually hit the field trial portion really, really hard in January and February. And then we hit the hunt test side of things in March and April and, and try to throw them a, a white coat mark every once in a while. But um, we really base our training around the weather and what we can fit in. And then um, you just expect the unexpected. There was a, there was a setup I was doing the other day and, and um, my dogs just could not, it was impossible to get them to line up for this mark and get them to go straight at it. And somebody said, what does it matter? You know, as long as they make it out there and hunt the area. And I'm like, you don't understand. And SRS, you're getting judged by the line that you take to the birds. So these dogs need to learn that if this is the line I give you, this is the line you need to take. So we spend a lot of time on on taking good lines and and going where scent. We use our our volume of our send when we say their name to to translate uh, distance. The louder I say the name, the longer I expect the dog to go for a retrieve. And so there's just a bunch of little things that we do over over shoot January, February, March, uh, all those months getting ready. 
And do, do you anticipate that, you know, we'll have uh, more events, you know, you said the remaining events you have here in the coming months where all, all four of you will be competing. Do you think there'll be events where, where Michael will have some dogs, Kerrigan will have some, you know, Dakota will have some and you'll have some ready? Yeah, that that's going to bring up an interesting uh, conundrum, honestly, because several years ago when Luke started getting, you know, when Luke was working for me, he was running um, all the SRS dogs and, I just decided to kind of let him take the reins on it because not because I didn't have the desire to do it anymore or, or, you know, didn't want to work hard at it. I just felt like as a business, we should be represented as one, uh, one unit and us going up together and competing at an event together. I didn't think was, was a good idea. Now here we are this year and, and all four or me and my three trainers, we were all, competing against each other, but actually the, the environment was healthy. We were all rooting each other on. I, I don't think I was one bit sad that Dakota got first. Um, I don't think Michael was, was one bit sad that I got first, second, third in the other event. We were all happy to be there and, and just enjoyed the moment. And, and we cheer for each other and we cheer for best retrievers. Dakota, what's a typical day look like for you? I mean, I know that you're you're training your your day may be different than your dad's or the other trainers there, but just give our listeners some some idea. And I realize no two days are the same, but you know, what time you get up, how many hours are you training, what time you go to bed, just give us a, a feel for what's the day in the life of a of a professional handler. Well, you got to start off with with Axel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got I got a four month old baby, um, and he takes a lot of time, um, as a lot of people know. Um, but I'm really enjoying that. It's, it is a very tough balance, um, balancing a newborn and work, um, because you've got to pick your priorities. Um, but you know, my, my day gets started pretty early, um, get up to the kennel, get loaded up, um, normally getting training by probably seven, somewhere, somewhere around seven, it varies each day. Um, and I, I've, I've still got a wide variety of dogs. So I've got some dogs that are doing obedience. I got some dogs that are in the field, some high level competition dogs. And so I'm very kind of spread with where my dogs are at. Um, and so, you know, I'll spend the first half of the morning at the kennel doing all my foundation stuff and all my drill work. And then um, I spend the afternoon out in the field and normally done by 536 and the evening spent with the family and the kiddo. Um, if we're not, yeah, ma- mainly just spent with it, with the family and the kiddo trying to spend time with them. What's it like being a father? It's awesome. Very rewarding. Um, he's, you know, now that he's four months old, he is a lot more interactive. And so getting him to smile and laugh and it's, uh, it's, it's very hard to explain, but there's nothing really like it. David, he just discovered, uh, dogs just the other day just a few days ago you want to tell him about him yeah. yeah he you know we can try to get him to laugh and he'll laugh um but the other day the english bulldog that we have here Tuli, um she was up next to him and you know english bulldogs snort and cough and all kinds of stuff well he was belly laughing for five ten minutes he would not stop laughing at her um and it's it's really cool seeing him you know really interact with dogs and enjoy dogs yeah, thank so, you. So the, the, the baby, and, and this isn't an insult to your baby, I'm saying all babies, the, the baby that snorts and coughs was laughing at the dog that snorts and coughs <laughs> and makes weird noises. <laughs> Rody, what's it like to be a grandpa and to see, you know, a, a child that you raise now be an adult and be a father of his own? Wow. Um, you know, it, 
for me, as I get older, I just turned 50 this year. So I used to be the, the spring chicken in the SRS. You know, now I'm one of the older guys. I've been doing it probably more than me and Scott Greer probably been doing it the longest. Um, it, it's being a grandpa is, is kind of a part-time job. When I was raising kids, it was a full-time job. And, and thank goodness I had my wife, Kristen, to help because running the business and trying to raise a family was just, it was, it was tough. It was really rough. And, and any family that can stay together and, and run a business, um, you know, Steven Durrance and his family, kudos to them that he's got a big family and, and they've got a great family unit. Um, Scott Greer and his family, there's a lot of SRS guys that just do a great job, um, raising a family and, and, and teaching them the values they need and still being able to run the business and take care of your dogs and, and keep your clients happy. It's not an easy balance. But uh, I think being a grandpa is definitely easier <laughs> because I'm just part time. I'm just whenever they need it, I'm here. But other than that, I can focus on other tasks. So, uh, as the season continues, what's the one thing the two of you uh, are looking forward to the most? Um, I mean, we're gonna try to get a, a title on that dog Kaizen now that he's got the win because that's the hardest thing to do. Um, we're gonna try to get a title on him and really hit hit it hard for the crown i'm really i'm already nervous um but i'm really amped up for the crown because that's you know best dogs in the country all competing in the same competition so really amped up and excited for that yeah for me um you know for me quite honestly a little vacation and r&r would be nice um been hitting it hard really hard since february haven't had but uh, heck Easter was my first day off in, in two months. You know, I haven't had a single day off working seven days a week. We had, uh, two SRS events that we hosted. And then we, we've had four midweek master tests that we've hosted at my place. Um, and then we have a, a weekend hunt test coming up here this weekend. So th- there's just been nonstop and I just need to come up for air for a little bit and, uh, and, and, get some, some R and R I've got a, a trip planned, uh, to Africa this summer. So I'm really looking forward to that with my wife. Um, I can't wait for that just to get away for a little bit. It's, it's very refreshing to step step away for a little bit. And, um, it gives you a chance to recharge your batteries and come back even better. I'm not about to give up. We still have another month and a half of this and I'm going to keep pushing hard and we're going to keep trying to be as successful as we can. But boy, I can't wait till uh, the first of July for a little vacation. You said you're going to Africa. Tell me a little bit more about that. Well, my wife and I went um, five years ago, and um, we went because I made a deal with my kids, and I said, if you'll graduate in the top ten percent of your class, um, we'll take you on a trip anywhere you want to go for your senior trip. And the reason we did that was because if you get top 10% in Texas, you, you have automatic uh, entry into any state institution, Texas A&M, University of Texas, et cetera. So give them some options, open some doors for them. And, and of the three, Dakota was not one of them. He was, he was close. What were you percent wise? You remember? Uh, like a 12 or something. <laughs> I was um, close, but not, not quite there yet. My middle son, Dylan, um, got 10, top 10% and he chose Africa. So couldn't believe it. I'm like, this is kind of cool because he wins and I win at the same time. So wife and I and Dylan went and um, had a just absolute fabulous time. Honestly, it was the best vacation we've ever been on. And while we were there, I I told my wife, I said, I really want to come back here. 
and and do this again, just you and I, you know, maybe with some friends. So we set out five years ago to do it this year. Um, this is our 30th wedding, wedding anniversary and my 50th birthday. So we're kind of celebrating an all-in-one package and doing a little trip to Africa for about seven days of, of hunting and going to have a blast. That sounds awesome, man. Yeah, congrats on, on 50th birthday. Congrats on 30 years with your wife. I saw on your Facebook she posted a picture back on Valentine's Day of y'all 31 years ago. And uh, yeah, man, that mullet back in the days was awesome. But it was, <laughs> um, I got one final question for the two of you gentlemen. Uh, when we go to the crown, uh, wife slash mom, Kristen, uh, if it comes down to it and uh, her husband or her son has a chance against the other one to win the crown championship, who's mama slash wife pulling for? <laughs> Oh, you're going to get a different answer from each of us. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I'll let you go first. Um, I mean, I think she'll probably pull for me. <laughs> um, you know, just he's, he's been to the crown. He's a little more experienced. Um, I mean, I'd, I'd say you probably deserve the crown championship win more than I did. <laughs> but if it came down to it, I think she'd pull for me. Yeah, I think, honestly, he probably has a better shot than me. I've been to the crown, oh, man, probably at least 10 or 12 times. And I think I've only been in the finals maybe one time. The The pressure and the competition is incredible. Um, this year, I have five dogs qualified more than I've ever had before. I like to think I have a few more shots. You know, it's always better to have a few more bullets in the gun. Every time you run a dog, you learn each time how to do the next one a little better. So that helps. And hopefully by the end of the next month and a half, we'll have a few more dogs qualified and I'll have the biggest load I've ever taken. But as far as who she's going to cheer for, um, oh man, I don't know. That's such a hard answer because like Dakota said, I've, I've been a bunch and never, never had an opportunity to win one. And I, I think she'll, I think she'll cheer for him though. I, I do. I think she's, a she's, he's mama's boy and uh, she loves her, her kids. So I think she's going to cheer for him. That's a good answer. I hope one of you uh, makes her happy this year at the crown. And I know you both make her proud no matter what. And I'll make you both a deal. You know, Rody often joins us on the live stream uh, as a co-host if he's not competing or if his dogs have been eliminated. So uh, if both of you are in the finals and I won't, I won't have either of you as a co-host there on the uh, live stream, but if either one of you don't make it through, I'd uh, love to have Rody or, or Dakota come join me over there in the broadcast booth. So uh, you both have been great guests today and I really appreciate your time, but uh, best of luck to the two of you in the rest of the year. Best of luck in being a dad and a granddad. And uh, we'll see you out and about at several events this year. And then we'll uh, conclude this year at the crown. And maybe one of the two of you will be this year's crown champion. So gentlemen, thank you both for your time. Thank you, David. So thank you, David. All right. Bye. Brave anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Abyss Battery, Waypoint TV. On Mondays, head offshore with Captain Scott Walker and Steve Roger for breathtaking deep sea adventures. Coming to me, coming to me, coming to me. Double. He's jumping, he's jumping, he's jumping. Oh! oh. Look at Ooh. that belly. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue. Brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern. Tell a few fish stories along the way. On Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.